Stave 2. Pilot searched the darkness of his eyelids, breathing out in rhythm with the gentle pitch of the 1040EZ. Still breathing, Simon said. Oh, good God, you? You're the second ghost? Pilot mumbled. That really lacks imagination. Sorry, John, I'm not. Really, I'm just as confused as you are. I think, however, you have a concussion and you need to get Taters up here to look after you. Oh, wait, you can't get him up here because you needlessly pissed him off. Pilot touched the dried blood on his forehead. Yeah, this is not great. Pilot summoned the strength to put aside his trauma-induced vertigo to sit up. The urge to vomit came and went, along with his vision narrowing. He inhaled deeply and reached back up to the armrest to lift himself off the deck. The ship's old brass bell rang once from the flybridge. Taters, you dumbass, can't you see I'm hurt? Stop screwing around, Pilot called, the volume of his voice ratcheting up his headache. Oh, there's no screwing on this old tub, said a voice from behind him. Unless you count screwing up your life as usual. Pilot turned quickly, ignoring the pain in his head. Oh my god, you? I don't get out much these days, so help me, I'm glad to see you, Pilot. Dean Trevathan? Well, I'm not Dean of anything anymore. Trevathan looked at himself, adorned in a familiar flannel shirt and khaki pants, aglow with a cozy warm light. Can't say I'm crazy about the disco look, but it is what it is. Pilot climbed to his feet, groaning. Uh, are, are you... Oh, shit, I feel stupid even saying this. Why stop now? You've been stupid a long time, Trevathan said, a twinkle in his good eye, his lip curled in an approximation of a smirk. You're the ghost that was foretold by that ass Lindstrom? Yeah, I suppose I am. I am here about the past, you know. He coughed into his hand. <coughs> Not sure why I just coughed. I died of a lethal cough. But there's no reason I should cough now. Hmm. He stroked his chin. Anyway, the past. Uh, I guess most people, most dead people, are all about the past, when you come to think about it. So you're the ghost of Christmas past. He nodded, folding his illuminated arms, the light reflecting ethereally off his horn rims. Okay, I'll bite. Long past? No, you're past. Okay, okay, now that's out of the way, Pilot said, feeling wobbly. Hey, listen, I have a killer headache. Any chance you can reduce the wattage? Huh? Oh, oh, the duds. Trevathan stretched his arms outward. Let's see, where's the dimmer on this getup? Uh, hmm. Maybe I shouldn't, though, because apparently I'm here to shed some light or something. As he spoke, the brightness increased, then quickly reduced to a warm glow. I guess that was it. Thanks. So, what are you doing here? I mean, I figure you're fishing off that great pier in the sky with your lady. Well, to put it in terms your earthbound self can understand, I am, he said, enjoying the peace and quiet of infinity. And jelly donuts? What? Never mind, Pilot said. So what are you here for? Your welfare, Trevathan said. He extended his arm. Here, take my sleeve. Y you do know we're on a boat near the Marquesas, right? Leave it to me. I won't let you fall. He proffered his arm again. Pilot touched the electric flannel sleeve, blinded by light yet again. Pilot winced and shut his eyes. I hear you. I really wish that wasn't so bright. Even in eternity, I only have one good eye, Trevathan said. Pilot opened his eyes, blinking as he now watched as a group of boys chevied another boy on the playground, taunting and teasing until tears welled. Johnny P is so wimpy, the lead tormentor shrieked with delight. Kenny Pop, 
pilot whispered, amazed to see his third grade self getting pushed around by a smelly fifth grader in tough skin jeans and a Fonzie t-shirt, cheered on by his toadies. I hated that guy. Real a-hole? Yeah. Any reason why you're showing me this? Is that a tear on your cheek? Do your lips tremble? It's a pimple. Or probably blood from that bonk on the head. Come along. In an instant, it was Thanksgiving dinner at his grandparents' house. A dozen cousins ran rings around each other as adults dodged them while preparing food, chatting, and catching moments of the Lions game on the massive wooden console TV. Trevathan touched his arm, pointing to Pilot's younger self, sitting in a corner, intent on reading. Oh, bookish boy, were you? I guess. I just couldn't seem to fit in with my cousins. I was either too young or, or too old. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Caught betwixt and between, Trevathan said. So, uh... Oh, say, who's that geezer? Pilot's breath caught as an older man wearing boots, pressed jeans, a cowboy-style belt buckle, and a bolo tie over a western shirt appeared from a nearby room, making a beeline to Johnny Pilot. Oh, my God. He looks so young. He was only about ten years older than you are now when this occurred. Grandpa! Pilot shouted, Grandpa! He can't hear you, John, Trevathan said. What's that he has there? Oh it's, oh, it's one of his favorite books, Pilot said, eyes swimming in tears. This is the year he gave me the Once and Future King. A book about damaged people written by a damaged person. At least that's what Ursula K. Wynn said. What's your point, Pilot said, wiping his eyes on his sleeve. Uh, nothing except to say that he saw you, you know. He knew you, and you needed magic, and he did what he could to give it to you. Oh, I, I thought it was because you were going to tell me I was certainly born to greatness, Pilot said. Or maybe you felt you were a foster child, like Arthur, because you didn't quite fit in. And all this uh, dime store psychoanalyzing is making my headache worse. My time's running out, John, he said, the light of his flannels becoming decidedly brighter. One more stop. Wait, Pilot said, can I just speak with him, just for a minute? Sorry, no, you know the drill. These are shadows and shades, nothing more. Well, then what are you? Dead. The light flashed and Pilot covered his eyes. Sensing the fading of the brightness, he removed his hands and opened his lids. Pilot saw his young adult self sitting in a small bar with his friend Bobby, each enjoying a drink and a cigarette, laughing about what kind of quite likely was a ribald joke. Oh my god, that's Bobby! I haven't seen him in years! This is right before he joined the army and we lost touch. Uh, we were at the, uh, uh, the Cherry Street Bar and Grill. We were there all the time. Pilot took in his unlined face and slight frame. Man, I was skinny. A waitress stopped at their table and placed a drink before his younger self. From the lady at the bar. You're kidding, young pilot said. Bobby cocked his head in surprise. Bobby, is this a joke? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean like the time you cajoled me into singing silly love songs at karaoke last month? That damn song went on forever. No, I'm going to serve my revenge for that cold. The waitress stroked her thumb at the bar. Enjoy. Young pilot looked over his shoulder at a young woman sitting next to another woman at the bar. Not sure which one sent the drink, he raised it to both in gratitude. One woman smiled a second, then turned away, looking down at the bar. She was quirky looking, he thought, but in a good way. What do I do now? he asked Bobby. You go talk to her, you idiot. She's cute. Samantha, pilot said to Trevathan, turning away. Yeah, I don't, I don't need to see any more. I think you do, Trevathan said. Young pilot summoned the courage to take the drink over to the pair. I, uh, thanks for the drink, he said. Neither said anything. They just nodded. Well, okay, thanks again. When he sat back down with a sigh, Bobby turned up his palms. What the hell? I, I tried to talk to her. She didn't say anything. She's shy, 
her friend said, appearing over Pilot's shoulder. It was all she could do to send over the drink. She thinks you're lush. She thinks I'm a drunk, Pilot said. She laughed. No, that's Brit speak for uh, luscious. She's from Great Britain. Came over five months ago and hasn't met any good guys. I work with her. Oh, Pilot said. Well, I tried to talk to her. Try again, friend asked. I'll keep your buddy company and, and you go talk to Mike. Deal? Pilot shrugged. Okay. Pilot went back to Samantha and leaned on the bar. Uh, I hear you're from England. Samantha eyed him for a quick moment. Yeah, long way from home. Trevathan touched Pilot on the shoulder. How did that work out for you? Well, you got married two years later and divorced two years or so after that. Biggest mistake of my life. You made a mistake. You didn't love her. Oh, oh, very much. And look at her. She's adorable. So why did it fall? She cheated on me, Pilot said. And why did she do that? Because some dick at work was more interesting to her than me, I guess. Or did you close off your heart to her? Did you become consumed with your career? Pilot harumphed. A lot of good that did me. She left, cleaned out my bank accounts, and forced me to take a crappy job at Cross, Nebraska, where I nearly got killed, I might add. Yeah, but you also met somebody there. You flatter yourself. Yes, I met you there. No, dumbass. You met the love of your life there? Trevathan said, thumping him on the head. Ow! Please, no hitting. I may have brain damage as it is. I'll say if you forgot about Kate. Oh, I've never forgotten about Kate. Well, maybe Samantha was a wrong turn, but that wrong turn led you down a dirt road to Nebraska, where a beautiful soul who adores you for some bizarre reason awaited your arrival. Pilot nodded. And honestly, Samantha turned out to be a bit mercenary. But you were happy for a time. I suppose so. Pilot watched as his younger self made Samantha laugh as Bobby smoked cigarettes and talked with Samantha's friend, who waved off the smoke and his advances. Oh, Bobby's sense of humor and chain smoking was always a hit, as you can see, Pilot sighed. <laughs> can we go now? Take you back to the boat? Haunt you no further, huh? Trevathan snorted as the light emanated ever brighter from his flannel and khakis. Sheesh, what an ingrate! Okay, John, it's your funeral. Pilot averted his eyes, covering them after a moment with his hands. Author's note. I'm sure many of you expected Simon to be the Marley ghost, and if not, then definitely the ghost of Christmas past. And I thought about it, but since it's been established that Simon is with Pilot even when he's not hallucinating, I guess, I just determined it wouldn't work. Bobby, by the way, the character there, brief cameo there, was initially a supporting character in Pilot's Cross the first couple of drafts, but he knew Pilot back before he moved to Cross Township, Nebraska, as a stand-up comedian. I just couldn't make him work, um, and there was a little too much exposition as it was, and shoehorning him into the book was just unnatural, so uh, he got the axe. So again, here's this cameo for him. Samantha, Pilot's ex-wife, <laughs> appears in flashback and on the phone in Pilot's Cross and returns very prego not John Pilot's, in person in Pilot's Key. And when I wrote the character, I made her pretty irredeemable. And, you know, here we are nearly, gosh, 15 years later, and I've grown and changed and realized that it takes two to tango, and no one of us has never made a mistake. And there's not one of us who doesn't deserve forgiveness. Besides, life is at once too long and too short to carry a grudge. And that may be something Pilot needs to learn. I hope you'll come back for stave three.
Aboard the 1040 EZ, on the eve of Christmas Eve, John Pilate's mood is as tumultuous as the waves. Embracing his inner Scrooge, he shuns even his closest friend, Taters Malley. Yet the sea holds magic on this night. Visited by ghosts of his past, present, and future, Pilate embarks on a revelatory journey. Can these apparitions soften his heart, or will fate cast him overboard? Discover a maritime spin on the Dickens classic where redemption may lie beneath the moonlit waters in Pilot's Carol, a five-part series, written and read by the author J. Alexander Greenwood. Pilot's Carol. Does Pilot have a ghost of a chance? Available exclusively on Mysterious Goings On, available wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for joining us on Mysterious Goings On. Be sure to follow Mysterious Goings On wherever you get your podcast and never miss an episode. Don't forget, you can get the links to books and other things mentioned on the show at mgopod.com. Until next time, keep reading. Keep reading.